Well, for the first time all season, the Angels win a series against a team 500 or better. Hey, Johnny, God's still working miracles, right? It's time to get locked on with Mike and John, and this is Locked on Angels. You are Locked on Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we thank you for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. You can find us anywhere that you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on SiriusXM by searching Locked On Angels. And the best way to help us out is by giving us a rate and a review. And those watching on YouTube, make sure that you're subscribed and click that bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. Happy Monday to you, and thank you for being here for this episode of Locked On Angels, where it's your team every single day. You've got the Frisch Brothers here with you, a.k.a. the Super Halo Bros. My name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. It's our second season here at Locked On Angels. We're happy to be here with you Monday through Friday, talking Angels baseball every weekday. The only place you can do that, Mike, right here. Number right here. one daily Los Angeles Angels podcast, and we're so happy that you decided to join us on today's show. We're talking about the weekend against the Twins. Got some questions after the this past weekend, including... Yeah. Is Mickey Moniak a greater option than Taylor Ward? Hmm. How about Reyes Maranta and Chris Davinsky? Are they the bridge to Matt Moore and Carlos Estevez? Uh, and, and of course, don't forget Locked On Everydayers that we are going to be discussing the Angels' best roster possible tomorrow's show. So you're not going to want to miss that conversation. But Mike, we got a full weekend recap against the Twins in a series where the Angels came away with a series victory against a team who's over 500, finally. Heck yeah, so good. Angels started this weekend on Friday with a 5-4 to four victory. And Johnny, they trailed 4-3 to three in the seventh. It looked like one of those games where they just were not going to have enough. And then Zach Neto hits a single. And then Mickey Moniak, who had an incredible weekend, he hits a triple. Mm -hmm. And then Neto scores to tie the game. And then Renfro gets a go-ahead RBI and puts the halos up. And it all started with Reed Detmers on the mm -hmm. mound. And here's what's interesting about Detmers this year, Johnny. This season, opponents are batting 243 the first two times through the order mm -hmm. against Detmers, but then are batting 458 the third time Oof. through the order. And Reed has a 257 ERA in his first three innings of the game and then an 836 ERA from oh, the fourth man. inning on. Yeah. And so we were hoping that maybe that would change a bit. And it, it kind of did, kind of, right? Like, we, we saw this come into play on Friday. So Detmers was strong through four, five innings. It wasn't just he, strong. It was, he was no hitting. Yeah. He was a I no mean, hitter. It was, I thought we it were going to witness history again. It was a phenomenal <laughs> start for him. And then, and then it just kind of dwindled. Like, it didn't even just fall apart. It was kind of like you could see, like, leaves falling from the tree, right, during the fall. He he slowly started to maybe lose some velo and slowly started to lose his focus. And so they did have to pull him in the sixth. He did have the lead in the sixth. And Naturally. then they brought in Jimmy Hergett. And Johnny, Jimmy is... Uh, Jimmy's not good Jimmy's right now. Jimmy's down. <laughs> yeah, they they actually sent Jimmy down on on Sunday. So yes. that, yeah. they made that change right away. Here's the thing, Mike. He, he was no hitting the Twins through those five innings. Five and two-thirds. He had a career-high tie. Uh, once again, tying his career high of 12 strikeouts and and three runs. And, and the fact that he was pitching so well. Listen to this. He had 24 
whiffs, 24 Mm -hmm. swings and misses, which also tied a career high. And it's the eighth most by an angel starter in the pitch tracking era since 2008. But when you're pitching that many strikeouts and you're trying to no hit everybody, which is great. And I was excited. But when he's getting up to that 100 mark by the beginning of the sixth inning, you know, it's not going to happen. Right. You know, it's not going to yeah. go all the way through. Yeah. And and so the number of pitches that he's throwing, of course, is a concern. But there was there was a period where he's getting, you know, quicker outs and whatnot and trusting his defense behind them. I, I honestly, this feels like a step forward for okay. Reed Detmers. Yeah. And honestly, at the end of the day, like the fact that he went through that order and did what he did, it just goes to show that if he had been more efficient with the way that he was pitching, I think we could have, he could have really done some damage uh, and get deep into this game, which is what every halo starter needs to do. That's where they have the most success. These guys are just not getting deep into these games. And on one hand, it's, do you let them get to a hundred pitches, 110 pitches? Well, Langston, Mark Langston on the radio said that in a six man rotation, each pitcher should be allowed to go 100 pitches, 110, because they get that extra day off. And we see this a lot where somebody like Reed Detmers was, obviously he had a ton of pitches by the time he got to the sixth inning. You could see that he was getting tired, and you could see that he was finally surrendering some hits in that inning. But if if it's a game where he's cruising, like, let's let these guys go to 100, 110. Now, yeah. pulling him in the six made all the sense in the world. Smart move. You could see he was out of gas by that point. And then the fact that Jimmy Herget came in and and caused the uh, the lead to go away almost immediately. Yeah. Uh, listen, his, his curveball since last year, two inches of break, gone. It's down two inches of break. It, it's generated a plus four run differential. So... It is not getting the job done right. anymore. And he's throwing his worst pitch 40% of the time. So it just goes to show that you've, you've got to figure out what's not working with these pitchers and say, stop doing that. You're, it's not good <laughs> stop anymore. It. <laughs> I just don't understand. Now, Matt Moore, of course, has a good eighth inning, his 10th hold. And then by the time the Angels have the lead back, Carlos Estevez gets his 11th save on Friday. And the Angels win. They're 24 and 22 on Friday. So really, it was it was great to see these guys come back. Mickey Moniak had what I, I would consider it a cycle, right? Because yeah. he, he singled, he doubled, he tripled, and he robbed a home run. He didn't yep. get the home run, but he took that home run over the wall. And the fact that Trout was sitting that night and Moniak was playing center field, and then he goes out and does that, I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy is legit. I was worried about his defense, but the fact that he was able to time that so well and pull that off, incredible, Mike. And then he has a great game at the plate on top of that, right? Yeah, I I think something's clicked for him, man. And I know that he has really struggled in the major leagues and he's been a great minor leaguer. And Philly fans will tell you that that's why they were glad to see him go because he just wasn't able to put it together. But something, something shifted in him. And I don't know if it was his time in the minor leagues and now he's up in the majors and he doesn't want to be sent back down. And we're going to talk about him and Taylor Ward in an upcoming segment, but 
I really like this kid. And I, I liked him last year when he first came up. You saw mm-hmm. you saw glimpses of greatness mm-hmm. in him. And now that he's actually getting an opportunity to play more, I I think that you are in a position where you can't ignore him because of his defense, but also his offense. His bat is really, really hot. And I think he's really added a lot to this Angels team. And I love him at the top of the lineup, Johnny. Mm-hmm. I think that he has really proven so far that he's somebody that, will be a fire starter for us at the top of the lineup. Remember years and years ago in the mid-90s when Brady Anderson was leading off for the mm-hmm. Baltimore Orioles? One season he had 51, I believe, home runs. and there I mean, it was every time he got up there, you felt like he was a threat to get on base or to knock one over the wall. Yeah. And in a small sample size, Mickey Moniak is carrying that energy with him. And so I think he's made it really difficult to bench him. And he's obviously made it really difficult to send him back down. Yeah, and he's going to need to be the fire starter because there were some moves that were made on Saturday that got rid of our our hype man, right? And so we'll talk about that pretty yeah. soon. Yeah. Hey, the Angels play the Red Sox tonight, 638 Pacific time. They're at the Big A. Jaime Berea is actually going to get the start and be the sixth starter in this one, Mike. Chase Silseth is going back to the bullpen. Phil Nevin said they really like him as a high leverage reliever type right now. Love this move. I think it's a great idea. I think it's exactly what he needs. You can catch every pitch of the Angels hometown broadcast on SiriusXM with the SXM app. Just search Angels and coming up on Locked on Angels, Arias Maranta and Chris Davinsky the bridge that the Angels finally have to get to the back end of the bullpen in Matt Moore and Carlos Estevez. We'll talk about that coming right up. Locked on Angels is brought to you by our friends at eBay Motors for a championship team. It's all about making sure that your player is a perfect fit, and it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time that you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with the eBay Guarantee Fit. You can be sure that every part you need fits just right and the first time around. You just need to add your ride to the My Garage and look for the green check to know that your part will fit or your money back. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. So get the right parts, the right fit, at the right prices on ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Remember, eligible items only, exclusions apply, and eBay guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. Locked On Everydayers, don't forget to join us tomorrow as we discuss the best Angels roster possibilities. What's the best version of this roster look like? We're going to get into that conversation tomorrow. Don't forget that the Angels play the Red Sox tonight, 6.38 p.m. Pacific time. Catch every pitch of the Angels hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Angels. On Saturday, the Angels played the Twins in Game 2 after winning on Friday. And on Saturday, they just were like listless. They were mm-hmm. lifeless, right? It was a 6-2 to two loss. And it started with Patrick Sandoval. He really struggled in that first inning and gave up three runs. And his velo was down a bit. And so mm-hmm. everybody was like, uh-oh, what's going on? And so word after the game from Sandy was that he said he was sick earlier in the week and so he was still kind of recovering from that and it's why his velocity was down he doesn't think obviously it'll be an issue moving forward but Johnny he only went four and two thirds Mm -hmm. and and gave up those three runs so 
After having a really bad first inning, he did recover. But as you mentioned in the first segment, Angel pitchers need to get past that fifth inning. They need to get yeah. into the sixth and seventh inning. And it, this was a game where they really needed that. And and Sandoval wasn't able to provide that. And it was it was a bummer because he is a guy who has shown to be pretty solid for us this year. It's been Otani and Sandoval that we can really count on. And in that game, we were hoping that we would immediately get the second win of the series, but Sandoval really fell apart. And then the offense, Johnny, again, super, super lifeless outside of Shohei Otani's home run. Yeah. Yeah. Otani with that big home run. But again, when there's two things here, number one, I like the fact that we can go into a weekend series and see that Patrick Sandoval is pitching on a Saturday and feel like, yeah, we got this. Yeah. Because we haven't had that feeling in a very long time. Right. I also understand the feeling of Patrick Sandoval's velo is down. Uh-oh, is he hurt? What's wrong? What's happening? Like, I, I understand the the fear and the panic that probably settled in over Angel fans. So the fact that he said, hey, you know what? I was sick. I didn't feel good. I'll take that any day of the week. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's like, that is such a relief to know that he's not dealing with something worse unless... You know, because of the Angels medical staff, we don't have the right information. <laughs> we and later on, we find out that his right. arm fell off, right. his head fell off. Right. Um, <laughs> that was uh, at least reassuring to me that it right. was like, hey, you know what? He just wasn't feeling well this week, didn't have his best groove and whatnot. So hopefully Sandy can go out there again and get right back on track. And I think he will. And he always does a great job at doing that. Um, before the game, Mike, there was a lot of news. And the, the big word there was number one, that. Jared Walsh was returning. He yep. was activated and they couldn't wait to get him back in the lineup for Saturday's game. The bad news for fans of Brett Phillips, he was DFA'd. So yep. he had to say goodbye to his teammates. There's a chance that he could clear waivers and maybe accept an assignment to the minor leagues. I don't know what's going to happen there. However, just seeing that Mickey Moniak, not not only is sharing time with Taylor Ward, I think you need Modiac on this team now. Yeah. And like I, I mentioned yeah, before, agree. we're going to need a fire starter and, and he's going to be that guy. Not that Phillips was the fire starter at the plate, but you could bring him into pinch run and steal bags and play tremendous defense. He was great out there. Uh, but I, I have to say that we had a conversation about this prior to the season in spring training because Mickey Moniak was getting everybody's attention. People were saying he should be the fourth outfielder. Yeah. And you and I said, well, he's not going to get that much playing time because it's Ward, Otani, or not Otani, Ward, Trout, and Renfro out there. Mm-hmm. However, with the way things are going with Taylor Ward, there's more playing time now. And yeah. we're seeing that because Mickey Moniak needs to be in this lineup in his place. So I think that is an important point. And the fact that, that Brett Phillips was not an offensive threat I think it was just another reason to to let him go. Now again, he might clear waivers. He might end up in the minors. He has to accept that response or that that assignment. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Walsh, Mike, there was a moment where Walsh put down the bunt twice. Yeah. yeah. And it ended up popping out, and people were going, "What in the world is happening? Why is Walsh bunting? Who's calling for this?" And people were upset about it. Mm-hmm. Phil Nevin said after that he called for the Walsh bunt in the sixth inning. He said Walsh is a good bunter. He liked that situation for him against a lefty. Thought about pinch hitting Luis Renjifo, but bunted with Walsh. Didn't work out. Walsh said he felt like it was a good call, wish he executed better. 
is this a good move or is this Nevin mismanagement that everybody was <laughs> claiming on social media? What do you think? It's an it's an easy shot at Phil Nevin to say it was his mismanagement. But John, mm. what have we been talking about on this pod and on Twitter and Angel's Twitter over the last few weeks and months? It's small ball. It's mm-hmm. playing smart. It's moving, moving runners, runners over. over. Yes. <laughs> and that was what this move was. Now, I think people were like, why are you having Jared Walsh do that? Well, I think you're having Jared Walsh do that because he can handle the bat well. And in that moment, I think they really wanted to move the runners over. And Walsh, just came back. And so I think they're trying to ease him back in. I know in the minor leagues, he was doing really well, had a great slash line. But if you're in that position and Walsh, up and he's again, handling the bat well, mm-hmm. then I think it's a good move. And Walsh even said, I, I wish I executed better. Yeah. And so he even took the blame for that. And so I think that we have to be really smart about what we're going to blame Nevin for and what we're not. And I, and there are a lot of things we could say like, Nevin, come on, what were you doing there? Right. Of course. In this moment, Nevin was doing what we've all been asking for. Yeah. And I, and move I, runners I, over, put so, on a bunt. Why yeah. are we so upset about it? I think that we're just looking for every reason to be upset. And I liked <laughs> this move, even though it didn't actually work out. I think it was a smart move because the Angels haven't played like this since Sosha was around. And right. so I love this moving runners over small ball mentality. There's statistical data that says that a bunt puts you in a worse position to win every single time. But that's because it's statistical and data. It's like putting something in a machine or a calculator and and expecting the answer to come out and the machine will tell you, no, bunting's not a good idea because you get an out on that bunt and it automatically lowers your, your win percentage, your chances of winning because of that out. Well, sometimes you gotta throw the data and the stats and analytics out the window and if it tells you that that putting down a bunt for an out is going to decrease your odds of winning. That's just not how the game is played. And you can, you can calculate and buckle up nerds until the end of the day, but sometimes you just got to put down a bunt and get runners over to second and third. And that's what Walsh was trying to do there. And I think, like you said, it's, it's his first night back and he thought that he could do it. Phil Nevin thought he could do it. Maybe if it wasn't Jared Walsh, it would have been somebody else, but for him to not be swinging it, I think you'd like to sing, see Walsh swing it in that moment. But it was a lefty-lefty matchup, mm-hmm. and we all know what happens when he's lefty-on-lefty. Lefty. He struggles. So it made sense for him to try to put that down. just didn't end up happening the way that we would have liked to. So I like what you said. Pick your battles when it comes to criticism of the team or Phil Nevin because there's legit things to criticize. But if you're just finding reasons to be upset every time you watch. You'll find reasons. You'll find reasons every time, and yeah. it's not going to be fun for anybody, yourself or us, because we don't want right. to hear it. Locked on Angels is brought to you by our friends at So Rare. So Rare is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace, and it's transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 MLB teams. Unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, So Rare managers truly own their fantasy experience. They're collecting, buying, and selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win rewards. And win or lose, you can still own your cards, and there's no cost to play. Plus, the more you win 
the more you advance, collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing next level competitions and rewards. So head to SoRare.com slash locked on today. That's spelled S-O-R-A-R-E.com. Draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup, and start competing to win really great rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com slash locked on. Get started today. Mike, you and I had a conversation last week about Mike Trout needing to make an adjustment at the plate, having trouble with the fastball, struggling to be on time for it. That night, he goes out, hits the up and away fastball for a home run, the one that we talked about, Yep. because we know that he's going to be a guy who makes adjustments. Same goes for Shohei Otani, yeah. who started on the mound on Sunday, allowed one earned run over six innings pitched, nine strikeouts. He didn't give up a home run this time. Right. He gave up that double to Carlos Correa, and that was about it. Yep. And I know that there was some other traffic and whatnot, but the big thing that everybody was concerned about were the home runs. Yep. So it was great to see him have a successful game, keep the Angels in the game, and give them a chance to win, which again is another thing we expect when Shohei Otani comes out on the mound. You can feel good and feel like, oh yeah, he's going to keep us in this game because he's that good. Same with Patrick Sandoval. He's that Mm -hmm, good. mm -hmm. It feels good to have some starters that you can look at and go, these guys are going to help us out big time. So props to Shohei Otani for getting through those six innings. Didn't walk away with the win. That went to Chris Davinsky. However, I think this is a win in everybody's book, including Shohei's, just because he made the adjustments he needed to, didn't get taken for a ride like he struggled with over the last few games. Great game on the mound from Shohei. Mike, talk about your boy, Mickey Moniak, because he had himself a game as well. Moniak was a maniac, and he had a great go-ahead two-run double, and his play has been great lately. It even had a a ball where he he caught it in left field and then was like, Superman over the wall and then just couldn't hold on to it. And and Johnny, I know it was a bummer to watch that home run go over. I loved his reaction. Yeah. I love that he was just utterly disgusted with himself. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And and I and I love that. And and this is why I bring that up. I I see a, a, a vast difference between Moniac and Ward at the plate, and I see a really vast difference between Moniac and Ward in the field. Hmm. And and I, I love Taylor Ward. I, I, he was great last year, but the Taylor Ward that we're seeing this year is the Taylor Ward that drove us nuts years before. Mm-hmm. Th- this isn't a guy who's putting it all together. Looks like he's a bit lost. And then defensively, it just doesn't look like he's got any other gear than like first gear. But what I like about Moniac out there is that Moniac's hustling, young legs, young mind, lots of energy. And then at the plate, he is just, he's getting his pitches. Yeah. And and he's really honestly reaping the benefit of Marcus Timms being mm. the hitting coach for this mm-hmm. team. Because the approach that Timms has brought to the Angels is an approach of like, hey, if it's in the zone, swing at it. Attack. Like make contact. Yeah. Attack, attack, attack. And Moniac has two leadoff home runs because of that. Right. And, and you see that even with the double, it was kind of it was kind of inside mid in the in the zone mm-hmm. and he he just took a step back and barreled that ball and crushed it and it was exactly what we needed in that moment it was it was tied at one we had two runners on and typically what the angels do is not get those runners in and look at moniac coming yeah. through and and really being successful for the angels so johnny is it time to see a bit more moniac than taylor ward in left field 
I think it's going to come down to that, especially with the way that Taylor Ward has been struggling. Look, I know he caught that potential grand slam uh, in in left field, and that was an incredible moment. But Taylor Ward plays a very safe outfield. Yeah. Uh, he'll let the things fall in front of him. That's why he doesn't have a bad ultimate zone rating. It's right. because while his range is not fantastic, he's not going for the risky plays or the yeah. plays you would like to see. So he's got positive numbers because he's keeping the ball in front of him. He's playing it safe and that sort of thing. That's a and great I, word to say that he plays a safe left field. I didn't think about that. Like you're right. It, it's very safe. Not going to let the ball go by. Not, not going to make any mistakes. It's not bad. Right. Yeah. It's not bad, but it's not, it's not uh, aggressive. It's not uh, dangerous. It's yeah. not uh, hype. It's not energy. Right? right. And that's not Taylor Ward. And we know that, but I, I think that it, it can be kind of irritating when you play a safe left field. You're like, what? What that ball the ball was right there. What are you yeah, doing? <laughs> yeah. Dive, bro. Yeah, come yeah. on. Um well, listen, Mike Nevin said about Moniac on on Saturday. He said Sunday, or Sunday morning. Yeah. He said I love the way he's playing. He'll be back in there for today's game. And of course he was. Mike, I think that you might see lefty righty splits with Taylor Ward and Mickey Moniac. Uh Taylor Ward has not been the patient guy that one he started this season being right and two what made him successful at the beginning and end of last season patience his chase rate is up his swinging out of the zone contact is or not contact but his swing out of the zone is up yeah so he's not tracking the ball as well as he used to and it just kind of makes you wonder is, is something going on there you know how can he be more patient how can he recognize pitches better because that seems to be where he's struggling. Because as much as we talk about Marcus Timms and attack, 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 Ward's going after the changeups that drop out of the zone or the curveballs and the sliders that run away from him. He's struggling with that stuff right now. So I think you just got to ride the hot bat. You got to go with the guy who's showing passion and fire and wants to be there. Speaking of which, there were a lot of moves before yeah. Sunday's game yeah. in terms of the bullpen. So Andrew Wance, Jimmy Herget, and Zach Weiss were all moved to AAA in favor of Reyes Maranta, Jacob Webb, and Aaron Lube uh, coming off the IL. Now, he didn't get into this game, neither did Lord. Jacob Webb. <laughs> However, uh, Reyes Maranta, who since he's been signed, has been really good in AAA. Yeah. And he came up in this one. There were some traffic. Yes. On the pay, on the base paths. Yeah. But I think it was a success because while he gave up the hits and the walk, he got the two strikeouts. Uh, and then Chris Davinsky came in, followed up and struck out Joey Gallo and there were runners on. So it was like, man, do we finally have a bridge hmm. to Matt Moore and Carlos Estevez? Because that has been missing from this season and this bullpen all season long, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it might be that it's these two guys. And I'm going to add a third name into that. And you mentioned it earlier. I think Chase Silseth yeah, is going to be another guy that can get to the latter part of the game. And yeah. we've talked about it a lot on this pod that we need guys who can go more than one inning. And so having Silseth in there that can go two innings is fantastic. And I think if you put him in between a Davinsky and a Maranta, you, you might actually have stumbled upon a really strong bullpen, right? Mm -hmm. And we're not having to rely upon guys who are just not able to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you mentioned Brett Phillips getting DFA'd and would anybody pick him up? What's interesting about the Angels is when they do let people go, 
not many people claimed them. When Austin yeah. Warren got let go, let go, uh, nobody claimed him, and so they they brought him back. And then Ryan Tapera got let yeah. go, and Johnny, nobody claimed him. Nobody no. went after him. He's a free agent. And now he's a free agent. And quite honestly, I wonder if that would be the case for Loop. Now they're keeping Loop probably for depth, but. I really think that they need to be extra thoughtful about that because Loop is going to be that guy that can you really bring him in in this moment? And the next game that he blows and that will come, mm-hmm. that has to be his last game. Yeah. And I wouldn't even take the risk. It's going to happen. <laughs> I, that's why I really like Davinsky and I really like Maranta and, and I really like Silseth. I think that the five guys that we have that could be a six, seven, eight, nine uh, rotation for us. Mm-hmm. I, I really like these guys, and I think that they can put together a really strong back of the bullpen. And that's really what we've needed. Our our, our uh, record could be a whole lot different than it is right now at twenty five and twenty three if we didn't blow these games. And I think that we have a bullpen mix now that's going to give us a really great opportunity to put some wins together. I don't think it's a coincidence that we beat a team over five hundred in this series after making some bullpen pieces. And you said something to me off air that I thought was really appropriate. If somebody's messing up, send them out and bring somebody else in. And I love that mentality. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and the same kind of goes for Tucker Davidson. That guy should just be in a mop-up role. If your starter can't get through four or five or whatever, Tucker Davidson comes in, you're down six to one. That's the only situation that I want to see him in because I don't think that he's got the bullpen mentality. I don't, I just don't think he has it, Mike. We saw him struggle after Reed Detmers, and and so I, I just think that you've got to make some decisions. You got to have the best guys in the best possible positions and set this whole team up for success. I'm just tired of giving guys chances, and uh, maybe it'll work. Like, yeah, bye, back to AAA with you. <laughs> no if more. There's, <laughs> if there's an injury, yeah, no more, no more shrugs. No more. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe you could like. And that's going to happen with Loop, and you and I are going to be mad, and it's going to be a game that we lose because we'll call it a blowpen game because Aaron Loop lost it. It's going to happen. Now, I'll bite my tongue if if something good happens there. Right, right. We'll see what happens. They said that they liked what they saw from him as he was rehabbing, and they always say that. So They were drunk. (laughs) (laughs) It was a Saturday night, right? Oh, man. Well, it's, it's great to see that the Angels are two games over 500. We're really grateful for that. And thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. Now, remember, they're playing the Red Sox starting a series tonight at, uh, at 6.35 Pacific time in Anaheim. So get out to the game if you can. Uh, Boston, Johnny, is scoring 5.5 runs a game, and they have the sixth worst ERA, hmm. 4.81. Angels are running... Uh, scoring at a 4.9 clip per game and their ERA is 4.38. So they're, they're better than the Red Sox. We'll see what happens in this series. A series win would be awesome. And you can catch every pitch of the angels hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search angels. Hey, give us a follow at lockdown angels on Twitter and at super halo bros on Twitter and Instagram. And if you're on YouTube, comment below. We'd love to hear from you. If you're on the audio side, come on over to YouTube and join the conversation. We'd love to have you there. Mike, what do we have on deck for tomorrow's show? Well, we're talking a lot about the roster. And so tomorrow we're actually going to discuss what we think would be the best Angels roster possible. Mm -hmm. And if we uh, didn't clue you in on our philosophy, let me clue you in. Our philosophy is not performing, see ya. And so we're going to (laughs) actually talk through who we would bring up, how we would uh, piece out this roster, where we would have players play, 
It's going to be a fun discussion. So John's going to take a segment. I'm going to take a segment. And we're going to recap tonight's game against the Red Sox. All of that's tomorrow on Locked on Angels. Tomorrow's going to have a lot of uh, Michael K of uh, the Yankees Network. See ya! See ya! <laughs> All right, friends. We hope you'll come back and join us for that conversation. In the meantime, my name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. That's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Angels, and we'll see you back here tomorrow.